my name is Crystal Hall and I want to welcome you to this episode of Overcomer Living a Full Life After. This episode is the second part of the interview that I did with Regina Golbinas. And again, I do want to thank her for taking the time to interview with me. She was my first interview and I think that it actually went pretty, pretty good. That being said, I do want to give a warning, um, a trigger warning here because there are, there is a conversation about domestic violence and I think that it's important going in knowing that there is a conversation about that and making sure that people are aware that we do have a conversation about domestic violence. I also want to clarify, um, I think, the point that we were trying to make in this podcast. I do not think that anyone deserves any type of violence that is committed against them. Um, We talk about domestic violence. We talk about the abuse. And I think that the point that we were trying to make in this podcast is that Oftentimes, we make excuses for the behaviors of people that we start developing feelings for. And when we ignore the early red flags, then that basically is giving that person permission to continue in the behavior that they are engaging in. And I think that the sooner that we walk away once a red flag has been exhibited by the other person. A couple of things. Number one, we are not then going to signal to that person that their behavior is okay to us. And number two, I think that we save ourselves a lot of pain and grief. And truthfully, it's something I'm struggling with right now. Um, I'm having a hard time in some respects when I see red flags with the different people that I'm having conversations with through dating, being able to immediately say, this is not okay and I need to walk away. So something I'm working on. So that is today's episode, the second half of the interview with Regina. And like always, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And I do hope that you will, you know, send me your comments, suggestions, whatever it is that you'd like to say to me. I will have that information at the end of this podcast. So make sure you listen to the first half of this interview, which happened last week. And here is the second half of the interview with Regina Golbinas. Thank you. One of the episodes I talked about trauma bonding, and I really think that when you're in that pattern, they will, they'll tear you down, but then they will build you back up. They do that because that's how they control you and that's how they get some sense of power. But then for the the person who is experiencing it, it becomes very disorienting. By the way, what you just explained, that is psychological abuse. Yes. It's it's control and it's abuse. But I, I've accepted the process of human evolution and, and I understand I had to go through that. Number two, to badger myself to death for not leaving sooner. Nobody wins. I'll hit depression, spiral out of control. It's, it's a losing game. No yes. need for that. It's my fault for 13 years. And here is why 
I've allowed it. The mm -hmm. first time I did not leave that he mm -hmm. called me stupid, forget mm -hmm. the fact raising my his hand at me. It never should have got to it. The first day he called me stupid or the first day he told me I'm not good enough, I never should, I should have left and never looked back. Here's what it does. If I tell myself it's my fault, I will never put myself in that situation again. If I tell myself he's a bad guy, yeah. uh, it's all his fault, right. then I'll put myself in another situation just like that because this one is the good guy. Anytime we do that, we're giving them power. And I think it's yeah. about taking that power back and acknowledging. Because I, I feel the same way. I look at the six months where I put up with so much and there's a big part of me that's you know really, really mad. I can't change the past. So I, I don't look at it from that perspective. I wish the day that he said, we are done, I would have said to him, okay, yes, we are done. Because I think that it would have completely blown him away. He would not have expected that mm -hmm. from me. You know, he wanted out, but yet he didn't want to do the thing that he needed to do to get out. I think that when we acknowledge that, yeah, we put up with stuff, we put up with stuff what we allowed, you know, uh, ourselves yeah. to put up with. Yes. And so that, that's where the power comes from. And by the way, every time we come back, every time we forgive, all it tells him is that it's okay. That's all it does. And I think at some point, I don't know if we have to get old enough or if we have to have gone through enough crap to finally say, I'm just done. I deserve to be happy and physically take a piece of paper and make a list of what does happy look for you. Right. And any given time, it's not you come across something that's not on your list. It doesn't. It does not become part of your story. Yes. By the way, your idea of happy may vary, will be completely opposite of mine. But I have to build my happy. So when and there's nothing selfish or wrong about that. And I think that that's no. one of the things that again we kind of get wrapped up in is that if I am doing things that are strengthening myself and empowering myself, there's nothing there's nothing selfish about that. And again, but I think that as women, we are raised to put the needs of others in front of our own needs. And I and so then I think that that again kind of feeds into the cycle of abuse because if he's not happy, that has to be my my fault. So if you're doing the things you're supposed to do as a human being, as a wife, as a mother, whatever that is for you and whatever the understanding of that is for your family, if you're doing all of that and he's constantly miserable and tearing you down, he needs to deal with his stuff. Now, I think as a woman, it's okay to say, honey, I'm going to help you deal with your stuff. I'm going to help you with whatever you've got. But I'm not giving you the ability and the right to tear me down. I can, I can build you up. We're not selfish when we take care of ourselves. I help people as much as I can. But when it comes to certain things, I'll be selfish and I'm okay with it. Because right. if I'm okay, so are my kids, so is my home, so is all of the people that are relying on me to make them okay. Right. But it took time. Again, right. it took time to do that. You know, right. as women, yeah, we struggle with that. We do believe the lies that people tell us. And I remind people all the time, you have to, first of all, my one of my favorite phrases, you got to know the animal. You got to know the source. Okay. Who's, who's telling you that there's something wrong with you? Somebody who's broken, somebody who needs to put their life together, somebody who needs to really needs to go through the process of therapy or somebody who needs to fix themselves. You got to know the animal. Where is the information right. coming from? Number right. two, whether we like it or not, we're all broken in a specific way. We're human beings. Yeah. So we lead, teach, and inspire others or talk to others from our place of broken. So we got to be careful not to poison other people with our stuff. We all have stuff. Right. And listen, my stuff is, oh my God, and I will dive into that more. But again, with age, I realized, know the animal. So now when I'm standing across from a man, 
and he's telling me something that may not serve me, I instantly know the animal. Coming from a place of, of being of service to me, because you care whether it's a friend or, or, or a boyfriend, or is it coming from your broken place because you don't know how to fix yourself? Because if that's the case, I'm not touching you. Do not put it in my lap. That is all you, man. Yes. I'm, I'm just curious. When you, was there like a, partic a particular moment where you just was like, I cannot do this? Like a, a light bulb went off in your head. It's like, I cannot do this anymore. And if so, what kind of talk about that moment and kind of what the aftermath was? I knew that I outgrew him in the relationship and that he was, would never step up as a man, as a partner. When I am the financial stability of the household at 25, 26, and he'll make great money one year and no income for the next 18 months because he told himself that he can't because the mortgage gets paid every month. I told him, I don't know if you notice or not, the bill is at the front door every month. I don't care how much money I make. I, as a woman, want to depend on my man. Not saying that's the way everybody should be. I don't care who does what. That's what works for me. I am an alpha female. I'll bust my butt. I'll make the money. But when I come home, let me be a wife. I love it. Because in this, in this society, I think, you know, I understand so many women. We want to be looked at equal and, and we should. We're capable of magnificent things. We can do amazing things. I mean, look at the things you've done, look at the things or you're doing the things I've done and I'm continuing to do. They're incredible. But I believe that the natural wiring, the creation of us, whether we like it or not, in general, men are physically wired stronger. Right. We can't get away from that. I don't think there's anything not feminist about making, because I, I definitely consider myself a feminist, but I also recognize yeah. that when my man gets home, then it's not about me putting on my apron and making sure dinner's on the table. But I definitely want to know that he is my protector. Yes. You know, and he yes. is going to be the one that, you know, we're having conversations about what are we going to do financially? What are, you know, what are the plans that we're making? And he is, in some respects, taking charge in some of that. Yes. I have to yes. make so many decisions throughout the day in, in the nature of my work. I agree 100%. <laughs> so, you know, from, from the beginning, what I wanted to say is that men are uh, protectors and providers. It right. doesn't have to be like that in every family, but they're naturally created with that purpose. And we, and we as women have a natural need to feel safe, a natural need to feel loved. That's the fuel for us. That is the fuel for us. So yes, I can do all these things. I can reorganize 20 companies, whatever. But when I come home, I want to be in that shell where I feel protected by my husband. And for me, I love to cook dinner. I love to serve it. I love to watch the kids run around. I love to talk to my husband. I love all those things. But it became, it became so unhealthy in our environment because I became the consistent, not the sole provider, but the consistent provider in a household. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, he was staring me down. In addition to that, he was telling me I'm not smart enough and there was physical abuse. And, yeah. and yeah. it was just, and I'm like, what am I doing? But I also desperately wanted to have another child. Mm -hmm. I only had my daughter at that time. We're, they're seven years apart. She's 21 now. The other one is 14. And I was with a decision. I mean, I wanted a child so badly. My body was in physical pain. And mo a lot of women can probably relate to that. Yeah, yeah. It's not something you can explain to a man, but my body was just saying, okay, we're having a baby. You're ready. We're having a baby. Three years before I left, 
I kind of knew I was going to leave. And I think the defining point for me, well, first of all, I did not want to have two kids by two different fathers. So I decided I'm going to have another child knowing full well that I will probably leave. And I remember in the pregnancy, maybe five to seven months, that span of time within my pregnancy where I started to bleed and I desperate, I wanted my daughter so badly. I was losing my mind. And when I started to bleed during pregnancy, I mm-hmm. freaked out and I told him that I'm bleeding and I went upstairs into our bedroom and he did not come in even once to ask me if I'm okay. Wow. And something, something turned in me. Yeah. You know, like all of us that are victims of abuse or a bad relationship, there is that one defining moment, snap of a finger where you're like, the, the switch has been flipped. You, you know, you will never be able to go back. You'll go through the motion. You know, I had my daughter, uh, more arguments, more fights. I wasn't in it anymore. And I remember one night, you know, at a two-story house, my daughter was already born. She was very little. And we got into an argument. I went to sleep with one of my daughter's rooms and on the way out, I was standing by the stairs on the second floor and we got into it and he pushed me down the stairs, but I was able to hold on. Wow. And that was it, you know, and at first I figured that when I had my younger daughter that I'll stay. So my daughters have a father because while we were at home, Mm-hmm. He was a great dad. I will never take it away from him. Things turned horrible after I left. And I said, I'll stay for the, for the, for the father. I'll right. see, like a lot of us say, I'll sacrifice myself. I'll sacrifice my sanity. The moment they're 18, I'm out that door. Yeah, yeah. But I'll stay for now. And then I realized it's not an example of a man I want for my daughters. When God forbid one of their husbands ever hits them, yeah. I'll never be able to say, honey, that's not okay. Exactly. Not, well, you did this your whole life. Right. And I think that was for me kind of the process that I finally came to. I was literally standing in the shower. First of all, I was like, I can't do another six months like the six months I just did. It just was not, you know, good. And I was like, we have three children and I never want them to go through what I went through this past six months. And that's when you start again, going back to what is your worth, right? As a human being, because if somebody devalues you that much, then you're, you are devaluing yourself. And I don't want my kids to do that. I want them to see that they, they are valuable even, and even if they're in a long-term relationship, if that partner changes for them, changes towards them, then they need to look at that and they need to go, I am worth more than this. So what were some of the strategies that you would recommend to women who are going through um, a really contentious, ugly divorce? Uh, In order for me to just leave my house, um, I had to ask police to go inside the house with me, help me to take my belongings. I didn't leave on great terms. I asked them to come with me. They said, you have 10 minutes. I threw my clothes in the trash bag. Literally, that was me leaving my, my home and my marriage of 13 years. He was out of his mind, yelling, screaming. The kids are crying. Got aggressive with the police. They had to call back and draw their guns. So, I mean, it was a situation going on. Wow, yeah. Threw my, 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 my clothes through 13 years of my life in trash bags in the back of my car and left and never back into the, the house. Yeah, wow. Police did not let me take my kids with me. Uh, he's uh, not a citizen of the United States. He's a citizen of Lithuania, and he yelled at me in Russian, take a look at your kids, you'll never see them again. So oh that God. is, police said, I'm, t- I'm saying this to the police, they're saying it's he said, she said, because he said it to me in Russian, he speaks yeah. the language, so do I. I have no proof, and not knowing if I'll see my kids tomorrow, all of the passports, everything is in his possession. 
Wow. Um, I was a smoker at that time. I've quit obviously since then. I've done nothing but smoke for 48 hours because my course, it was a Monday night, November 12th, 2007. I will never forget it. Yeah. I go to my mom's house. Uh, the court is on Wednesday morning. I go to court asking for a restraining order, asking for my kids. The judge denies me. Oh my goodness. He laughs at my ex-husband, laughs in my face. I'm not allowed to take the kids out of the house. I already moved out. And he says some more stuff in his language. I'm numb at this point. Terrified and numb. Uh, his whole family is back in Lithuania. They have more than enough money. So if he wants to put my kids on a plane, even if I want to go get them there, I'll even never, I'll, I'll never even get there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. We file another ex parte notice for the next day and Thursday. Uh, going to the court from now in these three days i've done nothing but smoke and drink coffee yeah. with maybe an hour and two of sleep so you can imagine what yeah. i look like i can't yeah. drive i can't function i don't know if the kids are still in the country i'm afraid to call him yeah. i don't know what's going on the police said you can go back inside the house if you want to we're leaving the day i was leaving I knew that he would probably kill me. He was so angry, he would not feel his strength. It would have been right. the end of me. We're going to court on Thursday. The kid, uh, they let me take the kid, and they give me a temporary restraining order. I'm telling you, God was on my side. That was a scary three days. Mm-hmm. Never, I would not wish on my enemy. So in the process of divorce, he depletes my credit cards. He uh, steals the properties, transfers them to other people's names. Some of the properties in Vegas that we would have bought for like eighty or 100000 he uh, was not paying the mortgage. Now, everything, he, imagine this, everything is in my name. Mm. The mortgages don't get paid. He collects the rent, never yeah. pays a dime a child support, forces everything into foreclosure, goes into the foreclosure sales and buys them for eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars Oh my goodness. That's crazy. When I, when I go to my attorney initially, he says, what do you want? I said, I want my kids. He said, but what do you want? I said, my kids. Yeah. Regina, you don't understand. When women come to me or men during a divorce, mm-hmm. they want blood. They're so angry. Yeah. I said, I don't want any assets. I don't want anything. I want my kids. He said, you're nuts, but if that's what you want. I said, listen. Well, they're I- your more, most valuable asset right there. Yes. Now, <laughs> keep in mind, just with me wanting my kids, my divorce took three years wow. because of that man. So he forces me into total debt of about $2 million, never pays a dime in child support. I would have been paying him alimony if not for the restraining order, because for the women that are listening now, very important, if you have a restraining order, at least in California, it disqualifies the man from going after alimony. So it's very important to yeah. know. So two million in debt, two kids, lose all my clients that I was making six digits with, end up with nothing without a place to live because I could not handle helping people when I was a mess. Right, exactly. He was threatening me. My tires were slashed. I did hit depression. Not an extreme case of it, but I did. Extremely fearful. Literally no money to feed the kids. And when I'm saying no money, I really mean no money to put gas in my car or feed the kids. Fear was a massive component of my everyday existence. Here is what I can tell women in hopes of helping them. Number one, the biggest thing is that when we get into that mindset, we believe that it is the rest of our lives. We believe we're never going to be, we are never going to be okay again. We're never going to be financially okay again. We're never going to meet another 
significant other in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we make that current environment the rest of our life. Pain and, and anger and sadness has no, has no age limit on it, has no age on it. It just is, it's so important to realize that it's not the rest of your life. It's a moment in time. Yes. Now, if the moment I shifted my perspective to understand that this is my now, this is not my tomorrow, everything changed for me. And the biggest thing that changed that I started doing the things to get me onto the other side of it. So I told myself, this is my now. This is quite a bit of a hellhole I'm in. I understood why I put myself there because going to the beginning, I I allow myself to stay in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. I allowed my husband to control the finances when I was making all the money. I allowed myself. Now I blame myself for all these things, not to make me feel bad, but to tell yourself, you better never do this stuff again. This is all you. He only did what you told him is okay to do. Now, I'm not saying he's a great guy and it's all my fault, but if I can take the responsibility for my actions, I handed over the money. I handed over all the credit cards that he ran up over 120000 I did those things. So now, So when I put the pieces together, where am I now? Why am I here? Where do I want to be? How do I build a bridge? Now, for me, it may sound so funny, but I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of uh, um, The Secret. Mm-hmm. I had the DVD, The Secret, when I had nothing. I would li- Even when I lost my job, I would literally have it on a loop 24-7. Right, right. You know, they talk about making a list of things you're grateful for, and I would literally go to bed. I have nothing to eat. I have two kids that I can maybe get enough gas in the car to get them to school, and I'm thinking, what am I grateful for? What am I nuts? Right, I'm practically yeah. living under a bridge. <laughs> right. And then, right. you know, then I told myself, I have my daughters. We're healthy and happy. We're together. They could be in another country right now easily. Right. I do have enough gas to take him to, to school tomorrow. I can scrape enough maybe for some chicken and pasta. Listen, it was chicken, potato, and pasta for months on end because that's right. all I could for. Breakfast <laughs> right, was right. chicken, right. rice was you know, and to be honest with you, I had days where I literally skipped meals and I'm losing weight. Right. I was near passing out. I, I couldn't feed the three of us. And as like any other mom, what do you do? This is my now. This is not my forever. So I decided what does my forever look like? And I had a clear vision, but I knew my forever is I can pay the bills. I can take care of my kids, the basic necessities of life. And I created a bridge. Now, the biggest tool was, again, as funny as it sounds, is every night and every morning, I'd say things that I'm grateful for. What that did, it started to change and shift my mindset. I wasn't going down the list of things I'm missing and lacking Mm -hmm. because that list was mile long. But those things on the list, although it's very, very short, was the biggest list. My daughters, I would tell myself, another big thing that I did is I would tell myself, you psychologically can't handle processing life right now years at a time. And I would force myself to live life a day at a time. Right. And I got to tell you, there were days I was like, screw this. I can't handle 24 hours at a time. But I would tell myself, you do this 30 minutes at a time. So from 12 to 1230, for example, I had my list, make lunch, you know, make some more chicken and potatoes. Uh, wash the floors, look for a job, whatever that was, I was only allowed to do and think about those things within that 30 minutes. Anything else, I would push to the side. 
And again, it's a battle between yourself because the right. thoughts are coming, the fears are coming, it's overwhelming. And I, then I would say, okay, you're, I think you're okay. It's like I was talking to somebody else. Okay, you're okay enough to maybe, let's give you an hour at a time, see how you do. I teach my clients the same thing and I teach my, uh, the people I talk to. Nobody said you have to figure out the, the rest of your life in one day. Nobody said that. Right. If you take care of today, if you completely, entirely take care of today, tomorrow will happen. But the way tomorrow will look depends solely on what you do today. And I think that that's what we tend to do is we're like, we can't do the big stuff, not realizing that's all the little steps that we take along the way that Absolutely. up to the big things. And it's a good point because as women, I think we don't allow ourselves to celebrate the little things. But if we do, they plant the seeds of something magnificent. It grows into something, something that inspires you and feeds you and fuels you. And I think it's important for women, for, for, for anybody, to be able to take the little things and not see them as the little things. Right. They're big. You know, they, they, they light your soul on fire. I mean, look, one tiny match can burn down the city. I mean, seriously, it can light up the whole thing. So the little, the little inspiration inside of it, if you let it, it will grow and it will uh, affect other things along the way. Right. It will do that. And that for me was my list of things that I'm grateful for. Realize that we are all made, like we're made to thrive. We're naturally made to thrive. We're wired for success. We have all, as a human being, we're giving all of, we are given all of the tools for survival and for success. Well, and I think it, it also is important to note that what your success is might be different from what my success is. And I think that's the other part of it is that getting too wrapped up into what other people are doing and then going, well, then I'm not successful. And so I think that's part of the conversation that we need to have with ourselves. What is success defined for myself? That's right. And I think a lot of suffering, a lot of uh, insecurities, a lot of self-esteem that we impose on ourselves come from comparison. And by the way, I did that for years you know we will look at somebody and say they're successful because of this this and that or their life is successful and we try to mimic that if that was ours to do we would be able to walk their path it's not necessarily you know whatever your path is not mine and i used to compare myself to so many people so often and i would be able to do this if i had this or i would be able to do that if i had that the truth is not only did i diminish my own abilities and my own creativity and my own gift i felt for me personally i was disrespecting my creator as if i'm saying look i think you screwed up you did not make me the right way right when i give myself back you fine-tune whatever you missed yeah and then give it back (laughs) right that's really what i'm saying right exactly i realized look i've got the ability with no former education with no proper training to walk into any company, put it together, reorganize it, make it successful, mm-hmm. talk to any human being and inspire them to their best potential. My gifts kick ass. Why would I want to be anything else? Right. right. When, I, when I embraced it and realized my, um, the special things within me, I got to tell you, that was like magic. It's like 
more power was put into those gifts. It's as right. if the light went on and this greater source was saying, now that you've got your head out of your ass, understand right. how magnificent I made you to be, that right. your gifts are to serve other people. to Regina for agreeing to do this interview. I really appreciated the time that she took to have this conversation. If you have any questions for Regina, you can reach her at Regina at elevateforth.com. That's R-E-G-I-N-A at elevateforth, E-L-E-V-A-T-E-F-O-R-T-H.com. And as always, there are a few ways that you can reach me as well. My email address is mscrystal.hall at gmail.com. That's M-S-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L period hall, H-A-L-L at gmail.com. You can also find me on the Facebook group that I have created that is called Overcomer with Crystal. And then on my blog at it's never too late to try.com. Like always, I so appreciate hearing from the people who are listening to this podcast. Do not hesitate to contact me if you have any questions or suggestions. I know that there are different things that you can be doing with your time other than listening to me talk to you. So all that being said, like always, I want to remind you that you are an overcomer and you can live a full life after. Thank you.